0: doing well thank you thank you
1: good good nice how how do you pronounce your name i just want to make sure i say it right namdi
0: Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I wanted to try it first and then ask, but yes, great. I got it right. How are you, you? Yeah, I'm doing
0: good. It's about ten o'clock in at night here in the UK.
1: Oh, so it's time to head to bed. Oh my gosh! After you finish with me. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, but you know, it's it's been really it's exciting because you know one of the things about the show since Pastor Mike started a lot of a lot of fans have been like really. Trying to go back to the 90s and and in, and really understand the groups that really blessed us with such classic tracks and stuff, and we've been doing interviews mm-hmm. from from uh, Blackstreet to Guy to As Yet and everything, and people are like hearing yes. the stories and but more so how you got into music, you know, because yes, we yes. saw you in the group but we never knew your backstory. Where did you start singing yeah. and stuff? Well, so, yeah, I, we find so, out. Yeah, yes, where are you from as well? Because we have an international if, audience.
1: Yes. Okay. So let's, we can take it all the way back. All the way back, yeah. yeah, Yes, all the way back. So the start of singing, I would have to say, would probably be in my living room. I I was born in Manhattan, in New York, New York, um, in Harlem, in Harlem. Um, Then I lived as a young girl in the Bronx uh, for maybe till early elementary, and then back to Manhattan. So it's since it's confusing, and it was Cherise and I, and she was from the Bronx, and I was from Manhattan, I had like a Bronx-Manhattan story. I always just said, I'm from Manhattan, she's from the Bronx, because most of my years growing up was spent in Harlem, in East Harlem, New okay. York. Um, but I would probably say when I felt like, when I loved music was from when I was small, from Soul Train, just watching it with my dad, and um, every Saturday just... Just waiting for Soul Train to come on. Um, grabbing that um, hairbrush, standing. <laughs> you know those. Oh, I'm, I'm aging myself right now. But you know those old um, stereo record players that look like furniture. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, yeah, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: He was he was six. Uh, he was six five. Wow. So I, as a little girl, I would stand on that with my microphone so that we could be a duo. Wow. And I would have not a microphone, a hairbrush was my microphone. So yeah, yeah. the hair <laughs> and emulate the people that I that I watched on Soul Train. Wow. So at that, and my dad growing up, they never did anything professionally, but um, he's from Raleigh, North Carolina, the outskirts of Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, him and his brothers had like a little group. So I got the love for music you know, by way of my dad, um, even though he was an electrician and he was in the service and all that stuff. He was a veteran, but he and he never pursued his career. Maybe it came through me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but, but then at uh, those uh, those early days, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you, probably when you get into to high school stuff, who are you listening to?
1: Wow. Good question. So in high school, who am I listening to? It's weird because uh, my, my music taste definitely comes from my home. So all of the Marvin Marvin Gaye is just like played everywhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he's like the hero in our house. So I have to start from there because that's when you kind of, people, you don't realize it, but by default, you develop your, music palette you know from yeah. what you hear um so when you hear Marvin gay and you hear donny hathaway and you hear you know stevie wonder and yeah. just constantly playing that becomes a part of your fiber um and i always tell people even young um young kids that are coming up like yes you're a singer and you do this and you do it, but you have to also kind of do not your history but yeah just just sit a while just go get some old school stuff just listen just because what you can do you can do but you don't know what that will bring out of you you know what I'm saying so that to me um so I'm like a me musically I always say I'm just like a mixture of all that I heard because Mm -hmm. I heard so much um and 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 Sometimes in the industry, what happens is when you have that like big hit, um, they want you to stay there. Yeah. When, when inside of you, it's so many other layers to, yeah. to who you are musically, but because that hit was that smooth song that you know that only did this that they want to hear it over and over again so that you know that could be a downfall because it doesn't allow you to express yourself in you know in all ways that that you have that you have inside of you so yeah a little bit of gospel um you know all of those things I was in gospel choir in high school um you know, we, I, we, we went and sang for um, the elderly and the sick, um, you know, during Christmas time. And, you know, so all facets of music. And even in high school, I learned classical. So, you know, you know, all in different languages, you know. So, you have a lot in you that, that that's in your music palette. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a lot of the stories we have um, by R&B singers is that, mm-hmm. you know, it was almost like the church becomes almost like the the training school for for yes. for, for our, our yes. superstars but when you're in the environment like that singing in choir do you think oh i could be like whitney houston and more and um, <laughs> and i because they started in the church and stuff oh, or are you just gosh. enjoying the singing
1: well, it's hard to like not enjoy the singing. And let me tell you what it is. I remember the first time in quiet. Well, I went to LaGuardia High School of Performing Arts. That's where Charisse and I met when before Changing Faces. That was the quote unquote fame school in New York. Wow. Um, so well, that's that was where famous, like, was,
0: ba- was it based on that? Based
1: off of that school. Right. Wow. So that's the school. So we have a lot of, um, alumni, um, from like Tashina Arnold, um, Jennifer Aniston, uh, I mean, I can go Mickey, Nicki Minaj, I can go on and on, it's so many of us that went there, it's just, just how so many um, wonderful people, um, but I would say when you're in a gospel choir there, it's so much more intimidating um, to even think you're Whitney Houston or think you're, because it's so many great voices, you know, it's so many powerhouses. I mean, so you're just inspired by, you know, the person next to you when you hear them sing, it just makes you want to sing more. And so it was a, it was a great experience. And I remember uh, one day saying, you know, there was an audition coming up for a lead and I was going to audition for it, but I knew like it's, 500 other people in here that, you know, (laughs) you know, can out sing me, to be honest, you know, in terms of gospel, you know, usually you find big voices and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, my voice is a little more mellow and, you know, so, um, I went to the bathroom, my knees were kind of knocking. I spoke to a couple of people and then I went out there and I tried out for it and I got it and I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it because I was like, it's so much talent in one room. It's just a blessing to be there because what it does. It just pushes you harder, you know, to be better. And that's, that's what I loved about that school. Whether it was, um, an actor you had a friend with, a dancer, just the, um the dedication that they had to what they were doing um always inspired you to keep going yeah
0: now Mm -hmm. the fact that you actually went to that kind of environment was Mm -hmm. it a conscious decision by yourself and your family that you know you've got a talent here and we need to put you you need to go to a place where you can nurture it because that Mm -hmm. tells me that this was there was a roadmap to be able to to enroll in that kind of environment Mm -hmm.
1: Well, what's 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 funny is um, so when when I gave you my backstory, I kind of skipped over it. So I was okay. born in Manhattan, right, and then yeah. I went, I lived in the Bronx as a young girl, and that's where I would do the whole soul train, standing on a, you know, thing with my dad. And when we moved back to Manhattan, um, it was for like work reasons. You know, my my dad worked in Manhattan, and so did my mom, and. Um, we were getting at that age, like the seven, eight, nine, where, you know, I'm the oldest. So we can kind of be like latchkey kids, you know, in the city, you know, let yourself in and let yourself out. So my mom was looking for places for us to live that would allow us to be close to the school where we wouldn't have to, you know, try, you know how you have to work it out as a parent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, work out the, you know, proximity to the school or whatever. So with that being said, I just, that's how I know God has his plans and he works it out the way it's supposed to be. She um, had a choice of like three or four different locations, but she happened to pick the one location in East Harlem. And that location housed a junior, a middle school or junior high school. I don't know what you guys call it there, but a middle school that was called East Harlem Performing Arts School. <laughs> and that's where I end up going um, to that school. Uh, and that's where I met a teacher by the name of Kurt Forsett. He Forset. He was the music teacher, and um, you know, I would I would just sing and talent shows and stuff. But it wasn't anything that I you know. And he was like, I hear something in you, you know. You you know you have a tone like nobody else, and you really should nurture that. And I'm like, really? You know, I said I wanted to take some piano classes and I like (laughs) acting, but he's like, no, you should nurture that. So he worked with me and he actually helped me um, prepare for my audition. He says, you're going to audition for that fame school. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you're going to audition. And he helped me prepare for that audition. And I I, I, gosh, I have to um, reach out to him to find out what song it was, but I sang it in another language, in German, I believe it was, wow. and it was classical, and I mean, I've always done it, you know, I've always sang in, like I told you, with, in choir and in church and stuff like that, but I don't know if it wasn't until that point that I was like, hmm, maybe I have something here, and I, and I do believe that. Like, a lot of times, people teachers and people outside of even your family, they see things in you, you know, that help inspire kids, you know, to be, so I don't think I would have ever auditioned for that school had it not been for my my teacher, Mr. Forsett. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah, but what about your (laughs) folks when they, when he brought that up, did they say no. rate or were they like yes. oh, no 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 we wanted to be a doctor a lawyer no 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 they
1: you know I'm I, I, now when you think about it I'm blessed to have parents that didn't put any expectations on their kids I'm it's I'm the eldest and I have a brother and a sister that are twins a boy and a girl okay. and um and they just—they didn't put any expectations. And I grew up in a household that was filled with music, and I, I really believe in my heart that's if that's something my dad would have been able to do, he would have done it. You yeah. know, had he not had a family that he had to go out and support, or whatever, if it was really on his radar for him to do it, he would have yeah. done it. Yeah. So I think oh, go go ahead. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the,
0: you, you you get into the school is when you get into the school and and you're seeing all the had to had to. Had fame come out by then? Oh, yes, yeah. uh-huh. Yes,
1: yes. Leroy yeah, so that, and Leroy and
0: everything. Yes, <laughs>
1: Leroy, absolutely. Oh, yes, we, we all right, Debbie Allen and Leroy, isn't it great? Yes. And um, what's the other lady, the the pretty girl? Um, oh gosh, I forget her name. Well, yeah. I'll come back.
0: to yeah. It, yeah. yeah. But I mean, the fact that you're going to that school. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in England watching that, and i on goodness if I could dance and sing, I would want to be there. I oh, think it was. Makes- our version of um oh, I've forgotten the name of the song that they had the high school musical yes that that was on TV a couple of years ago. Um uh, the
1: high school musical? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my brain is all over the place. Yeah, that's no, <laughs> right.
0: Uh, but yeah, it, it was but it was it was really I mean, for a certain age that was that was the show. Now you've right. gone into the does yeah. that automatically tell you that I'm going to be either on Broadway or I'm going to be on the charts. What do you think that right. when you get admitted?
1: Uh, I think I thought more about maybe, maybe more Broadway because even coming out of my junior high school. Um, I did like, we did plays. We did Guys and Dolls, The Wiz, um, you know. So we had to put on um, final plays at the end of the year. And um, so that was just intriguing because you did a little dance, you did a little singing, you know, you had a... So I am right with a school, well, when I first went, it it was in Harlem, but they um, ultimately made a bigger school downtown right across from Lincoln Center. So now you have all the... You know, Lincoln Center is where all the greats go. Um, and uh, so when I first went there, I was thinking maybe I would say more Broadway. I didn't really know what line of, you know, music, but I was thinking more Broadway, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. then what, what changed when you were in there, How, the, the sort of the mm-hmm. direction is to that you decided to take? Do they give you a path or do they just make you sort of a jack of all trades to when you, to, when you go through?
1: Well, no. Um, The thing about that school is you have art majors, you have um, musicians, you have um, singers, you have dancers, and you have actual artists that draw. And um, so those are um, and actors, actors and actresses. Um, So uh, you're kind of I think each floor each level had their own thing so you're kind of in your music section and there but you come together in your base classes like your math and science and and that's how you're able to gel and meet with other people from uh, other likes of the entertainment industry Mm. yeah so you're not they don't put you on a path, um, but they do teach you jazz. They teach you cl- gospel, they teach you classical. Um, they also teach you, they start the process of you learning how to read music, um, theory. Yeah. Um, so just to give you all aspects of your uh, major, That's yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So, in, you know, so you're going through the school. Um, when do you start to get a sense of what you might wanna do as you're getting towards, when you're coming out of school?
1: So when you're in that school, there's always an audition happening. There's always somebody always knows something or somebody, oh, this person's looking for background singers or this uh-huh. and that. Da, da, da. So, yeah, when you're in a school like that, um, they're constantly on weekends after school. People wow. are going on auditions. They're doing, yeah, there some, some people, they're in high school, but they're already in the industry. You know, they're already wow. on Broadway. You understand what I mean? They're already, so they're just in school um, because we have to, we're we're high school kids, but there's always an audition. So um, Sharice and I met because I think uh, she knew of a a person that was trying to put a group together. Um, And, uh, well, we met prior to that, but then she came and said, come on, we're going to try to, you know, I have somebody, maybe we can audition to put a group together. And that didn't pan out. So then we, you know we clicked and from there we like auditioned for oh gosh what was the show um that everybody was on the big show with um the Mc. what's his name the the one oh, the mcmillan man um is that his last name that's
0: stars in your eyes. not
1: america's got talent but it was the like america's got talent back then
0: yeah not, not, know- not, not stars in your eyes um
1: you know what I'm talking about because yeah, I think yeah, Britney yeah. Spears was on there, Beyonce and, yeah, D- and yeah, Destiny's yeah. Child. Yes, yeah, so he yeah. auditioned for shows like that. Um, and then uh, I think she had a Sharice had a friend that knew that Sybil was auditioning.
0: Sybil. Oh, the oh, yes,
1: wow. Sybil was auditioning for background singers. So then we went together since we were already, we started from an initial group that we were trying to put together of three people. And then um, that didn't work out and it was just us two. And then we went to audition and that's really when it clicked for me. I don't know about, I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, um, having the opportunity to tour with Sybil uh, and go to places like the Philippines and see stadiums filled up with people. And then even though you do it on a smaller scale, um, like in school or whatever, and it's amongst your peers, it's not really, um, you know, like the outside world. But to get on such a major stage like that and to see um, the feedback, like what you give and what you get from the crowd, like how instant that is. uh, I think that's for me when I caught the bug. You know, like I think I have to do this for a lifetime. Cause even in school, I mean remember, I was already doing it in junior high school. So it wasn't like something where, oh, I need to do this as a profession. I could have actually, you know, done it. I don't I wouldn't say on the weekends, but I could do it as well as hustle and do other things. Yeah. But I think it was that moment when you know, we were granted the opportunity, and I always say thank you to Sybil because you know we were granted the opportunity to tour with her and get see that instant you know gratification for what what you give and what you get um, was when we were like we should try to do this, and then that's when we um sort out to be a duo and we're gonna you know make a demo and the rest from there. okay yeah so
0: before we get to that now in my head mm-hmm. I'm thinking you're in high school mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you've got Sybil who's a big star going yes. around the world yes would you get a passport do you get your parents to sign mm-hmm. off on it do you start get a, a, a manager to sign off who's how mm-hmm. much we're getting paid I mean so, that's a, that seems so, like so, cool.
1: so Sybil was toward our senior year we were I think we may have been in going in first year of college so they didn't have to sign off so we were good <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. and
1: they were excited for us I mean she's from the South Bronx I'm from East Harlem uh, this was like wow you know like my dad is like I'm living vicariously through you you go and you know and I was in I was still in college so I was just maneuvering shake the whole even while I'm um, doing the demos and everything for and Sharice was too at in the beginning but I was still in college even while doing demos for um, for us to get a deal and everything we were both in in school so it was a lot but it was just so much fun and, and yeah.
0: so I, I can understand the stage part where mm-hmm. you're singing and everyone's clapping and stuff but then the actual the mechanics of being on tour did who teaches you about making sure that you're not being me- cheated making sure you're you know it's not a it's not a free workshop you're actually getting paid and hotel bills and stuff how did you learn all that at that young age
1: (laughs) so um you really just go with the flow I'm being being honest with you like (laughs) when we're with you know you learn by watching you learn by listening you learn by you know looking like just because it's the business part of it. Like you love, I love to sing. I love music. I don't care yeah. what kind of music it is. You know, I, I even see myself, if I'm like in an office space and they play, they're playing music, I'm entertained. You know, everybody else might, you know, still be, <laughs> but as long as you have some music in there for me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? My toe is tapping or I'm <laughs> doing something like music is, I love music, you know? So I, you, that's the love of it. It's the business part that you're never taught um yeah. and that's the sticky part and that's the part that um if you don't love it enough yeah will you know it will just poof it yeah. will be way- because the business part is the ugly side of it unfortunately you know everything that glitters is not always gold
0: and that's what that's what we've been learning so i'm a fan of music and, and stuff mm-hmm. and we've been learning that through us listening to 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 to, to donnell's on last week and and oh, stuff yeah, we've been learning about that where goodness we we see you guys in videos and, and we see your albums going platinum without realizing until left eye told us that mm-hmm. we're not making anything most yeah. of the time and stuff. That's so, funny you had
1: Donnell because um uh my husband and I who's a producer, his um Journey of a Gemini album he produced and I wrote and sang. I'm on there too, special girl. I'm doing backgrounds on his album.
0: Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> no, yeah, that, that that was great. Uh-huh. And and uh-huh we spoke about how a lot of people loved that album, but unfortunately the industry had changed where he yes, didn't get he the- he was, the,
1: and he was ahead of his time on that album. Like that album yeah. was incredible. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, lots of fans would, you know, I, I I haven't mentioned that you're coming on because I would have been inundated with questions. So, so uh. I wanted to, and, and I realized it's, yeah. But yeah. but going back, so how long did you guys tour with, with, with Sybil?
1: Oh gosh. I want to say a couple years probably yeah probably
0: two
1: wow but it wasn't um all at one time it was in and out you know because tours can be short so she'll have a batch of shows here and batch of shows yeah so I want to say maybe like two years but while with Sybil um she had a manager at that time and then he wanted to take on managing us as a duo so he was like our first manager that was trying to you know get us a deal because I guess we that's what we wanted to do after that point and then we went from manager to manager manager and then we ended up with um Chinese Carter who's a friend who actually attended the same school that we attended um, and um Chinese Carter and Mark Pitts you know Mark he's a, a president yeah, he of was, RCA now and he was a yeah, biggie with, and, yeah biggie yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And, and they managed us uh, when we uh, got our deal. At, but Shanice Carter was uh, instrumental, was the main instrumental person to get us the deal with Kenny Smooth of Spore Rotten. And then Mark Pitts came on. And then from there, they were our, they were co-managers for us.
0: Okay, so mm-hmm. y- y- while you guys were on tour, did you then start mm-hmm. talking about we can do it ourselves uh, as a group, mm-hmm. just the two of us, or what it's- was...
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing I tell people and what I tell myself even now that I'm back to being in love with music and, you know, and and I just put an album out of my own is to to take in the moment because Mm. you're going, uh, there's going to be so many things that are blurry if you don't. And for me, I have a whole lot of blurry areas because I think when things were happening, they were just, you know, so I can't even pinpoint to you. I can't even say, you know, this is when it happened or that is when it just, it just happened. And um, I, yeah, I think, but I know at that moment of touring for Sybil is when we knew that this is what we wanted to do. And that's when we acquired a manager and, you know, and went from there. Um, but I, I just fell in love with the stage at that point.
0: Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. So, ninety four was when your first album came out. But then, mm-hmm. what year did you guys decide? Okay, you know, we want to be a group, um, and especially I, I wanted to be interested to see wh- which groups were out there that you were looking at, and thinking, "Wow, these we, we want to be like this." Or we, these... yeah,
1: it's, well, for duos, well, that was so. Our story um, was a little different because we didn't really have. A lot of duos to emulate because that is there's hardly any out there was peaches and herb and you know you had guys and girls but you didn't have um Two girls. And at that time you had um like in vogue and you had all the three girls groups, even if you go back to Diana Ross and the Supremes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Jade, it was more than two women, yeah. Jade and you had um SWV. And I mean, even though you know we were all kind of at the same time, the only two girls that but they were doing R and B prior to us was probably like salt and pepper. You know, it wasn't anything, you know, but they were hip hop and they're the queens of hip hop and it's like, they're out and it's a totally different genre. Mm -hmm. So we were given a lot of um, flack and a lot of doors were closed because it was like two girls, you know, and now when you think about it, it, it felt really sexist because it was like, it's not enough to look at. Oh, and that's the It's like, yeah, yeah. So it was like you need three or more, and and any groups that are really successful, you know, they have you know three or more members, and blah blah blah. And that's what we faced. We faced that um, a lot until finally we met. Um, uh, we were introduced to Kenny Smooth by way of Shawnee's um, Carter, and um, um, and he was getting a label with. Uh, Craig Coleman for Big Beat Records and we had you know we'd done our demo um and they didn't care that it was too <laughs> they loved they loved the music and they loved us and the rest is history so you gotta knock on a couple doors now,
0: um as a as a fan back in those days mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. strange seeing too because uh, I know there was Terry um there was Terry Monica um
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. we uh, we had um, Moken stuff. I Moken. think they were on our label too. Yeah,
0: Moken so there, there there were a few duels, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Yeah, they were right where it says that. You, you, I think we were we were we were sort of we got used to the bands being three or four. And, it, you know, before it used to be five, you know, when No Dishy came out. so that, oh, that yes, yes, and By the yes. time the 90s came, that, that was too much. We needed to be three or four. So I could see where the we were used to that, and, and I guess. But did you guys just felt, did, were you ever pressured to say, maybe we need to get a third member just to make it easy for us? Or did you say, no, we're going to stick to just the two of us regardless?
1: Yeah, well, remember when we when we initially met, we tr- we were it was three girls trying to get um, um, trying to do a demo. So after we already tried the three thing, we were like, we're good. Um, we you know it'll work out. Like we're good, and we gelled so well back then so it was like we're good and we just kept at it I mean doors would close and people would say what they say and that's what I tell um people too don't stop if that if you believe in that you keep going because that's for you and and the energy between us showed and that's you know that's why it worked
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but that's a great lesson because I guess a lot of us um We'll, we'll start off doing something and, and we're passionate about it, but we think it's not growing as quickly as that person over there who's following a particular formula and you jump in that lane and all of a sudden it's not what you're doing and you you don't, you don't can't be as good as them and you're, you're not true for yourself and it, it it falls apart. And it's good that you're saying it shows. that. It Yeah, because I would have thought what you'd you be just
1: said, Yeah, what you just said. When you're not true to yourself or what it is that you want to do, um, it will show. Hmm. It will show you know and it won't work um so you have it may take you longer so what? you know what i mean at the end of the day it's greater it's sweeter um but you know just stick to what you know in your heart you want to do because i think it is real evident you know and people can see phony and they could see you know something that you're not enjoying
0: time timeline wise so from you're finishing with cheryl uh, Sybil on the on tour how long before you get you you get your break mm.
1: i I would say we got a, it took us about f- four years so it was like the end of college around like right after college or so. I would probably say three. I'm going to include the years with Sybil in there because I'm trying to think. So within the two years, maybe a two more years, two to three more, two years after that, two okay. to three more years. Mm-hmm.
0: In the midst of that, are you getting a job or you just doing a yeah you know,
1: okay. yep. i worked at the dermatologist's office um i worked for dr novick he was like a big dermatologist i was a secretary i also got a job there on the side wow. um yeah we we did our little part-time work we did and that uh, that allowed us that afforded us the opportunity to go and do studio time and demos and you know and get on the train at night and you know and we worked with um dinky bingham from the jamaica boys he actually helped us tremendously as well with you know he was the first person that let us know there's a lot of beautiful women out there whatever but you guys need to write and you know and be and hone in on your stuff and we sat there with him in the basement and We 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 learn to write music as long as, you know, you what do you wanna talk about? You know, and that's when you open up your book and you start because that's not something that you really did in in high school, you know, I'm so saying you didn't do you didn't do that for Sybil. You just mm. sang. That's all we knew. We just knew to sing, but he brought that other element, which I'm so thankful for. Where it's more, it's a business. It's you have things inside of you that you want to say. So you open up that book and you write it. And then for our very first album, we wrote maybe like nine or eight out of the out of the the twelve songs that were on it. And that was like not really normal for <laughs> you know for, for you had big producers and and writers that have to come and write but we actually wrote for all of our albums we wrote the majority of the songs on all of our albums
0: you know and people and don't know that no but what what you're saying is really really powerful the fact that's because he could have taken advantage you know yeah. and then and, no. and i'm gonna write all this stuff did and he, yeah. did he teach you about publishing and and what that means because that's where the oh, money really is because Dan, well, yeah. yes, then yeah. the
1: money is and that's basically what he was telling us there's beautiful women everywhere there's a whole bunch of singers everywhere but publishing is where it's at and that's how you guys are going to be in control of what you do you know so that's that was such an instrumental lesson for us to learn and that that I have now and the more you write the more you learn the better you get um and nobody can take that away so I'm just thankful I'm just grateful to God because you're right have taken advantage you could have you know i'll write everything i'll just No, we were there as a group and we all worked together and you know he produced wrote, and you know we did harmonies he helped us with harmonies wow. you know we we've always done that in school but just to get someone else's perspective he, and he's great you know yeah. so that was just amazing so i have to thank god that we don't have those kind of stories where people were just vultures you know, yeah, because there are yeah. a lot of people out there that have yeah. really they have a yeah. powerful You
0: should listen, watch my interview with Tabitha Dunk, uh, from Cut Close. I mean, yeah, so we've, oh, yeah, so and I and see. I and I'm glad, as I said, I've it was hard to be interviewing a lot of art, a lot of to hear these stuff, so I'm glad you have brought a different side for us to see. Um, yeah, Dinky Bingham, because I did hear, I know he was, um. He used to be was he not the drum tech she, with guy? And and he, yes, oh, and, he's yeah.
1: amazing, amazing, yeah, just yeah. like a talent, just like uh, unseen, you know. So, and you know, just under the radar. So, yes, he's he's amazing. So,
0: the work that you get, the things you wrote, and what he helped you produce is what you mm-hmm. took to get your, your deal. Yes,
1: absolutely, is what we took to get the deal. Um, that's basically it. Yep, he was he, he was part of our demo team.
0: And then, so so he's taught you about the publishing. You, you get that sorted out. Do you get the insights about, okay, what points are, how much and all that stuff? Did- now,
1: no, we didn't get that far. But then we had a lesson... Uh, but that was like a short lesson with our attorneys at that point, because it was like, okay, here's the circle. <laughs> here's the circle. And you, you know, and you, you break the circle up, and this part is publishing and this part. Yeah. So it was more like with your attorneys before you signed. Um, and you know, your first deal, like most most artists will tell you that you've probably already interviewed is your worst deal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's your worst deal you're excited you're young you're like oh I got a record deal oh blah 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 you know it's just it it is what it is you're gonna be taken in some type of in some form of fashion I mean (laughs) am I right or wrong (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah 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 you know it's, it's yeah we've heard the stories but as I'm happy that you said you at least you had your publishing sorted out
1: yeah 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 well yeah we did we we were good on that I don't you know I we probably could have gotten more or whatever and I'm sure I'm sure I would have loved to have more yeah um you know and looking back now I'm grateful that I you own your own publishing nobody's get you know getting nothing from anything that you do um so it's I guess those are the bumps and bruises of learning in this yeah. industry because I'm I'm not and I know that I'm not the only one you know so. Uh. Okay.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, the uh, yes. our black artists have really suffered. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: that's <laughs> the, a whole nother topic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. The name though, how did, how did how did who came up with the name? Oh my gosh.
1: So, people won't believe it. So we had face to face. we okay. had the single. we had the single pressed ready to go. Uh, I think the artwork was the last thing that needed to go. the the single release date, and the single would have been stroke you up. I'm um, single release date, everything. Um, I'll, I thought we did a name check, um, but some way or another, like a couple days prior to artwork to everything being pressed with the name on it. Um lawyer calls and says face to face is taken. Um we did all of this stuff with face to face and so we have to come up with a name. We only had like two days left um, for everything to stay on schedule because you know back then when you're in a part of a big record label you got (laughs) branded you have this plus you have that if you're not on schedule you're going to be pushed to the end Um, so um, we put names in a hat (laughs) we uh, we had attorneys at the round table people from the record label ourselves uh, our managers we all we just put names in a hat and whichever name we picked up was the name it was going to be, and the name that came out was Changing Faces, and the reason being was, at that point, we had, we knew what we had, we had an album, it's ultimately going to be about the music, because at the end of the day, if you don't have good music, your name could be (laughs) boo boo the fool right boo boo the fool nobody would really care yeah and i think about even like lady gaga or whatever like she's just great it doesn't matter we'll call you whatever it is you want to be called but if her music wasn't great right the music is the thing That's gonna lead you there, and we knew what we had. So, you know, we were first so sad. Oh my God! Oh the name. You know, I think a rock group had the name, and I Uh. I feel like they were just lamping for us to put it out so that they could come, (laughs) you know, (laughs) come swoop down. So, but thank God we we found out like a couple days before. But the name is it's just a name. Yeah, it's just a name. And at the end of the day, let the music speak for itself.
0: Now, because you guys wrote about most of the tracks on your debut album, Mm
1: -hmm. whose idea
0: was it to get the hottest star at the time Mm -hmm. to come and write your first single? I mean...
1: Right. Um, So how that came about was uh, when we got the deal with Spoil Rotten, Big Beat Records, um, we were now looking to put the project together and it was like they were like write a wish list of people you want to work with he's on the wish list so at that time i think it was public just leaving public announcement oh, I think he yeah, was just yeah. leaving right so it was getting ready to or just starting the, the his solo career yeah. and he was on our wish list of producers to work with along with like baby face and stuff <laughs> we never got to work with oh, yeah. <laughs> would, would love to but um yeah he was on our wish list and they were like, well, you guys have a pretty hard wish list. we like, just send our demo. At that point, we had the demo. Just send the demo. Go with God. If, they, if he answers, he answers. If he doesn't, then we'll just keep going. And guess what? He answered. Like, so all he can say you, is no.
0: Who else did <laughs> you So you had baby face? Yeah, I know, baby face. I know it was baby
1: face. I know it's was R. Kelly, baby face. Who else? Oh, my gosh. Oh. Was it Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? Wow. I think we had, like, yeah, we were going for it. We were just, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, because Janet Jackson, come on, yeah, she's yeah, everything, yeah. you but know? That, yeah, they're both yeah. voice for men and stuff, yes. yeah. Yes, yeah, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. We had, yeah, we had a good little list there. Um, but we are like, just, just send it and then let's go. And so that's ha- what
0: happened. It, 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 I a up. Um, he did, did Fooling Around as well?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. The thing, yes.
0: the thing about it too is that most at uh, the the the, the former back then used to be come up with a up temple stuff, then you kind of slow it down, and then you guys come up with two <laughs> slow stuff, and it was like wow, you hear the first one, then you get the second one, and it took off. But what when he came? To, what happens? Does he write the song and says you guys sing? Yeah. Or, uh,
1: so yeah, kind of because we were like, I think he was just getting started. So everything was getting ready to take off for him then. And um, he, we were both like time challenged. Well, really, he was, we were kind of like on his schedule, right? <laughs> At that point it's the truth. Um, So uh, it was, yeah, he, he had already heard our voices from the demo. Yeah. So I guess that inspired the songs and we were like, oh, we, I think it may have been a couple songs, maybe a couple more, but we ended up with Fooling Around and and Stroke You Up. And yeah, and, and actually, Stroke You Up was actually pretty funny because the demo was sent over by R. Kelly singing, I've been feeling kind of strange. Wow.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, we take away what's happening now, but as any time, if I do a poll today to say, you know, here are five artists in the nineties. He, he, he gets at least half of the votes and over 3000 yeah. people vote. And mm-hmm. so there's, there's, there's a lot of us who separate the personal things and recognize the creative talents um mm-hmm. that that he has and so we want to focus on the sort of the talent and and the music mm-hmm. yeah and, and the, because
1: the other stuff i have no clue about no no, no. It.
0: <laughs> yeah it is the, it's mm-hmm. the, it, yeah it's the focusing mm-hmm. on on the on the music and and i think mm-hmm. for us you know it it felt like he could just you know he had it looked like he had a gift like a like a, a baby face or or Kenny Green, who could just write oh, for anybody. And, you know, but, you know, to make a song like Stroke You Up and he's singing mm-hmm. in the background, it, 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 in the 90s, it was very competitive. It was great yes. people coming out from Jade and SWV and, 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 and Vogue and, you know, men, Everybody. female. But yes. to break through that, did, did you, you know, did you hear his track and think, oh, this is going to be a hit? Or what was your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so... It was, well, when I heard it, yeah, we knew it was going to be a hit because also it was like, um, it was hard to do. Well, here's the thing. I'm with you on, here you come with this slow stuff. And I, I, I think I want to, when was Stroke You Up? Was it Get Out of Stroke? Because it was, we, we had two slow singles. It may have been I don't know if it was get out of the show, but one came like in the middle of the summer. And I'm like, this is the summertime. People want (laughs) to dance. Like, you know, what are we going to do? But the inspiration, and I think we were both on the charts and came from like a boys to men, like boys to men just come out with slow bangers. And it doesn't matter what's on their chart. Boys to men is number one or two, (laughs) you know, so... Um, you had Jade with, you know, Don't Walk Away, and this one, those were big hits, and SWV, When I'm So Into You, all that stuff, that's cool, and it it was rhythmic, but that, I think that's the thing that, that set us aside from everything else, because it was, what it did was, that was our sound, you know, now when you hit it, that's your sound, and it's like, well, you know, that's, that's the difference, and that's what made me want to, you know go with that like yes i i feel good about it because it's
0: yeah. like it's, it's not like anything else that's out there no yeah. no as i said it, it, it it's you know to come out in the 90s to actually have elaine it was very impressive and and as i said the song was amazing now do you then look at what's what, what's the song about or do you just <laughs> because you know i wonder if you're because your, this is your first thing your family gonna be listening to it and stuff oh. or
1: that's what you thought about. Thought about my family. I thought about my grandmother, church going <laughs> grandmother every Sunday. Uh, like, yes, you did. And I was like, listen, this is just, you know, it's just play play. This is music. You know? And and with Stroke You Up, um, you know the beginning part. I want to tell you, I think it took us hours to do that. We laughed so hard. The talking part, we laughed so hard. Like they couldn't even get to record it, because every time you went to do the whisper, relax, you were just dying <laughs> laughing, like, like, what, this is crazy, so yeah. it was, you know, it was all done and fun, um, but, you know, it was like, you have to play the part, here's the part, here's the song, it's a hit, you know, you, yeah. you gotta do it, and that was, that was basically how the whole, thing. but it was, it was funny, it was, a it was a lot of fun.
0: And it, and it takes off, it's going up in the charts both, Not just the R&B charts, but also the, you know, billboard top 100. Right. Does it surprise the label and everyone how quickly the single and the album is doing?
1: Yeah, I think they tried to play catch up because it was like, you know, it kind of got away from them. I think they tried to play catch up like, wow, because it just came out of nowhere. And that's what happens with like a hit. And that's why I say to even people that are out now, like, try to be in the moment um because it can get away from you and even for us I believe it got away from us because it was like happening so fast like you know we I just quit my job at the dermatology office and now you're saying what you know I mean (laughs) they literally they literally had to tell me to quit they're like Cassandra I think it was like Kenny Smooth and, and Chinese were like, you have a record deal now. <laughs> you know, I'm that, I'm that, you know, East Harlem hustler. I know I need my little money over here. And it's like, no, you have a record deal and you're going to get an advance and you have to quit. And I'm like, nope, not until I see money. <laughs> not until right. Ma- right. I need to see something, you know, to, so it it didn't hit me. You know, it didn't hit me until it finally was like, like five heartbeats when, Either I called Sharice or she called me, ah, the song is on the radio, you know. And it was because it was a slow jam. Yeah. And it was on the build, it builds. Yeah No, no, but it was on the the, um, the midnight, the overnight, you know, oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah.
1: We, were, we were woke up out of our sleep screaming like crazies, because that was the first time you heard it, like yeah. one two in the morning, okay. and it was, yeah, because it was on the mellow, you know, yeah, yeah, was, yeah That's where they first started to play it, and for us New Yorkers, in terms of music, you get any new music, it seems like New York plays it last.
0: I would have thought New York was, because I lived in L.A., I thought that would be New York, L.A., they get it first. and
1: You don't know it until you start to travel. You're like, New York, you know, has this kind of bushiness about it, I guess, with the radio stations where it's like, when we play it, you've made it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, like? <laughs> so okay. we, we were like... Um, we were like hot in the South and in the Midwest. Yeah, Chicago I was in I was in
0: Milwaukee. Yeah, going to yes, college. So, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yes, and our first show was like in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, it was great. Like the give all props to the Midwest and to the South. I mean, wherever your fans are, that's where they are. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> number three on the Billboard 100. I mean, so that's 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 big to get. You know, forget you. you know, forget yeah. the R&B charts. You're they're talking Billboard. You know, you've I can't remember. You know, you're going against Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears and all that kind of stuff, and you top top three. You said it would just happen too quickly. Were they quickly trying to get tours out? I mean, what was what what was that like like for you? Guys?
1: Yeah, that's I, like like that's what I'm saying. It's like all a blur because it was it just happened so fast, and then you're like, we're number three. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you can't even register it. You know, it, you just can't even digest that because you don't you know, you just have to pinch yourself, like, really, you know, so it would, it, it, I, I don't know, I mean, God just, you know, made a way out of no way, but I can't, I couldn't even register it, to be honest with you, I really couldn't, I was grateful, and excited, and happy, but it was just hard to, um,
0: to grasp it,
1: does that yeah. make does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it was hard. It was like
0: really. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you then start to talk? Because that's the that's what got you in. Oh yeah, it. yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and when it was a when it was there, we were still promo touring because you had a lot um, of promo tour like back in the nineties. Majority... I don't know why
0: they waste the money on those promo yes. stuff, just giving uh, no, away free music so, and free. Oh so,
1: so many promo tours, but yes. not even
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, it was to me. I worked briefly with um, at Edmonds Entertainment, and, we, and they were good. Oh, going, we did,
1: yeah. and, you know, I
0: I couldn't understand, and I'm I studied business, and I'm thinking all this wasted money on promo stuff. Just, why, you're just giving out free CDs to people, the whole album and stuff. You know, so you're going on 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 your tours and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then they say, do do you get it involved in who's the next single? Because I know fooling around was another big hit. But does mm-hmm. it? Do they speak to you guys, or the label just yeah. does it themselves, or what?
1: No, no, no. They speak to you, and um, and I guess since it was like a great combination with us and R. Kelly, it was like, well, let's go with this, and you guys, you know, and we we like we really were a major part of um the songs that were on our album so it wasn't like you can pick something and we'll be like oh absolutely not you know we we liked or loved everything that we we did so yeah we were like well hey let's do full yeah. around yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> He's already given us his magic touch for the first yeah, single. Let's yeah. see what happens with this. And it, I think that really took the the album itself. Over. Really, really took it over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Did you enjoy the touring part of it then? Because this is different when you've been a background singer for a star. Now you're the headliners and, and the mm-hmm. main star. What was that like?
1: Yeah, then it was actually, it was fun, it was new, it was fresh, it was, you're touring the world, Um, yeah, we had a ball, we, you know, we, yeah, then it was, you know, you're still oblivious to the music side of it, so it's fun, you're (laughs) oblivious to the fact that you're not making a whole lot of money, you know what I'm saying, it's just a (laughs) whole bunch of fun, so yes, then that first album, absolutely, yeah. But you know, as t- things progress, then you then you you know you, your focus starts to get a little clearer.
0: Yeah, th- yeah you'd ho- you'd hope that your managers. Um, and mm-hmm. I was I was um, talking to Joe um, um, Joe Little from the Rude Boys, and okay. um, and I was doing an interview, and 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 I said it, it's what's amazing is that if you were um, an NBA player or football player you've got a talent and your agent gets you a deal with the club and you get a big salary, big advance and and they take care of everything. If you're a recording artist, everyone comes to see how can we sap your energy and knowing that, well, if we do all that, (sighs) you may not be great at what you're doing. How soon did you realize that it isn't, there's two sides to this. There's a singing part. Well, let's in. let's
1: go back because okay. you hit a couple of things. Okay, and the one thing I say the same thing that you say is when you're an entertainer. I mean, when you're a sports person or whatever. Now, to me, it's 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 different when you are given. A whole bunch of money, and if you choose to go and buy 80 houses and cars, I and mean, that's that's on you, right? That's on you. It's, it's yeah. sad because there are a lot of athletes who may not have money after getting those major big deals. But 90% of black artists, because I can only speak for myself, you're not giving nowhere near that kind of money, nowhere near that kind of a public, you, you're already. In the negative starting you know they don't even give you a head start like that's the only thing about the well i'm gonna go from the black music world that i take an issue with because it's not even like after you're three four or five albums in and you just wanna you know take a break or whatever you want to do right yeah you don't you're not offered any Position on ESPN as a as a sportscaster. You're not offered. <laughs> you're not offered any position coaching for that for that basketball team or for that college team. You have nothing. You're just left out there in the world, right? Mm-hmm. That's so. Not only do they suck the blood out of you, like you mentioned, yeah. um, which takes away the energy from what you're really. You know, you have to go out there and perform every night. Um, where NBA players, they get the Cool baths, they get the massages, they, whatever yeah. it is for them to perform at their best, yeah, there, yeah, they have it, correct? Yeah. But as an artist, you don't have that protection. You know what I'm saying? There's nobody really there to protect you? You have to protect yourself. Um, because even monetarily, the only way you're really gonna make money is to keep doing shows and to keep writing and you know, and and to keep publishing this to keep your record label interested. Now that's a whole nother thing because if that last album wasn't number one like the album before, yeah, their interest is going <laughs> down, down, wow. down. You see what I'm saying? So and, what, and what's going down with the interest is the budget, right? That maybe you got a big budget for the last album, but well, we gotta go by what you did last time. Yeah. <laughs> what about that? You know, we got to go about how many records you sold the last time. Mm. This is what artists face, you know, and that's why I go back to what I said before. You have to love it because the business part of it Mm -hmm. will leave you really so. So you don't have that where you're, you're given $50 million for a five-year deal. You know, that's, If, if, if artists had something like that, you know, you can make an investment, you could do, you know, you can live. So that if you five albums down the road, if you're not number one, you know, you're you're okay, though.
0: Yeah,
1: that's, that's not what 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 um, black artists are afforded I mean not any that I know of you know
0: yeah. what I mean <laughs> no, and, 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 and as I said as fans always saw was the videos and the songs mm-hmm. and we did not realize that there was behind the story stuff the back, mm-hmm. behind the back behind the scenes stuff but you, you, you're fortunate your first album went platinum yes Um, and then you come out with your second album all day all night mm-hmm. and off the back you get you have get out That was another big, big hit. As I said, I can't remember if it came out in the summer stuff, but...
1: Yes, that was the summer. That was the start of summer. Get Out was the start of summer. And I was like, what in the holy hell? We're going, going again with this slow song in the start of summer. And that one was bigger than Stroke You Up.
0: But then for for you guys, then, did you go back to writing majority of All Day, Mm -hmm. All Night? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, we wrote again. Uh, forgive me for not remembering how many songs are on there, but we wrote the majority. If it's 13, we wrote nine. If it's 15, we wrote 10. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And and you didn't get any pushback from the label because normally what you sometimes get is like, oh, well, we want to get more control over this, so we're going to get mm-hmm. our own people and stuff. But they were like, you know, let's not break a winning formula.
1: Well, yeah, we didn't get pushback. And I I believe personally because we were where we are now in the industry we were signed to an independent label that was signed to a major so i think that actually helped us because you have somebody you have Sport writing that is on your team you know what i'm saying that's okay they're there to fight for you kind of with with that big label You know and to and they're there to also make sure all the deadlines are met you know you said we were coming out at this time and blah 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 so it's more than just you so that whole independent element um actually helped out especially like the first album you know like they could have just shelved us and said okay we'll put you out next time but I think you know when you have that middle like person brokering everything yeah. it kind of helps push things along
0: yeah so when i donnell says he 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 was an untouchables artist signed yeah. to the face yeah
1: the and, same and, thing
0: and and, and so <laughs> now but now that you've said that it makes sense because they are the ones who said if, if we don't get you guys out we don't get paid so we need you guys so to you go have on. more
1: than one person that has a motive right you have yeah. more just changing faces that has the motive because it, it spo- and and speaking of untouchable, Kenny Smooth was a part of Untouchable with Eddie F or whatever. Yeah, so he uh, had his he had his own label. That's who we were signed to. Okay. Isn't that weird? It's just a yeah, small world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yes. no, actually, Donnell, even when I interviewed um Buddy Weeks from intro. Uh-huh. Intro. They, uh-huh. they, yeah, they talk so much about how Eddie was very honest you know got them signed to AFSCAP and all that stuff so that they they could get their own stuff got them into all all that stuff Um, Mm -hmm. so this is very rare to hear you know somebody really taking care of the artists for the long term
1: that's that that whole team the untouchable team everybody was pretty um on point you know and honest
0: yeah Mm-hmm. When the second album comes out and it does, does does well and everything, what does life? How does that change you? Wow, um,
1: the second album was a little sticky for me. It was joy and pain at the same time because right when um, Get Out was Blowing climbing up, up the charts, yeah. my dad passed um Mm. suddenly so it well it was in a two-month period so it was a little you know joy pain um so again that's when promo tour started (laughs) and you were back on that promo. which like I'm with you now okay we're second album in you're already To you know, you had fooling around, stroke you up, this, that. I mean, you had stroke you up, fooling around. So, we're back to a long, um, drawn out summer promo tour. And, um, but we, but you know, we couldn't even be mad because who, like, again, who does that? You're back out again with a slow song and it's like top of the charts. Um, we were just like, wow, we, and I don't know if it was second album or first album. But I'll tell you a little funny story. It was uh, it was one of the two albums when the single was going up. I have to go back and do my uh, research about which one, but I, I don't know why I feel like it would stroke you up because uh, uh, Craig Colmans said he'd gotten a phone call and because um, we were like greatest gainer and beating out you know when we, as you go up the chart or whatever. And the phone call was from Prince saying wow. who is this Changing Faces? Because Prince had just put something out and we were coming in just like, so I guess he looked at the label and called to find out who is, what is who and what is Changing Faces? Oh, wow. Cause he's like, they're just, you know, you get the greatest gainer, the greatest radio plays, the greatest, you know, so when all those things were coming in, people started like doing research, like who the hell are they? <laughs> because he came out from nowhere, wow. From nowhere. Nowhere
0: yeah. Did did you ever meet (laughs) did you get to meet the great man?
1: Now we met him but by default it had nothing to do with this we were doing a studio session um oh gosh what's the studio on 8th street uh Jimi Hendrix studio uh mm. God, I'm sorry, but it's <laughs> on A Street, it's on A street in the village. It's a popular studio. If any musicians or artists are here, they all know exactly what I'm talking about. We're there and we're recording. And we're in our studio, and the engineer from the next studio comes and says, "We're having technical difficulties in our studio. Would you just mind, we're at the final stages where I just, he just needed to do, you know uh, the end of his mix, even if it's just what, half an hour guess who was in that studio? Prince. He came. <laughs> he, he, his studio broke down, and they needed to use our studio. So we met him briefly, but I think I was probably so starstruck. that. I was <laughs> <laughs> and he thanked us for, for allowing, uh, allowing him to use the studio when interrupting our time. But yes.
0: Was he very? Yeah. Is he? Does he? We always seem as this quiet, shy little guy. But uh,
1: yeah, he was. He yeah. He he's not. He wasn't a man of many words. He was, <laughs> thank you guys so much. And um, it's like, well, you could have the studio, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prince. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, so we're no. sitting there like, wow, we just got <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: No autographs, no pictures, anything? Or you oh, you to talking cool?
1: Well, We tried to play it cool because we were like, we were in the studio, and it's like, we don't want to like bombard, which we should have taken advantage and got a picture because we let you use our studio at that yeah, time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But oh my goodness. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he remembered that you had to change Your Faces that he called that's
1: what, that's what I said. Like, after I said the same thing, I wonder if he remembered <laughs> that he called Craig Coleman. I said the same thing. Oh. Uh, I said, <laughs> <laughs> but you know he's prince he don't remember no little change in faces but uh, maybe if we would have just had the opportunity to mention it you know remember when you call you know, but- yeah if he heard a song
0: you <laughs> probably would have just related it as and stuff. he
1: would have related it yes yep
0: <laughs> i mean yeah, but then you get as i said you've got two platinum albums you know you, you, i mean you're really standing out because i think what was happening in in the 90s i mean towards the middle part the, you know, some of the second albums for some of the other R&B groups weren't doing as as well,
1: as but you guys
0: name. were were doing as you, you guys were continuing to lay out the hits and doing and doing tours did what was your relationship with the other bands you know other groups that were out there back oh, that time. i
1: always tell people like the 90s was so much fun like when you got on tour with with guy and um you know and teddy riley and you know if when you get on a tour it was like fun for you because you just want to go back to the dressing room. you kind of want to be the first one to go on so you can go back to the dressing room you know get take the sweat off your face and watch it was like such a great experience because you had so many great people on that tour that you loved you know yeah. you honestly love them like I would say you, you know even with the with the girl artists like with all the girl groups it was just like so many but none the same yeah, none the yeah, same yeah, none yeah. the same and yeah. you could go to a, a show that that had SWV on the lineup in Vogue on the lineup uh Escape on the lineup yeah, yeah. um I, I can keep going, you know, Changing Faces, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Jeanne, let's do that. Let's do Jeanne. Even if you had Changing Faces in Jeanne, you could close your eyes and you would know each and every group that was on that show, you would know the difference. Yeah, so yeah. that's what I loved because I was you were able, every vibe was different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Every It was no one like the other. Yeah. And that's what made that time fun, even for guy groups. Maybe there may have been a couple, you know, that, you know, because because men, their voices, because sometimes the range is not as, you know, but outside of that, you you can close your eyes and kind of know who's on that stage singing, and that's what I loved about the 90s, because they, you know, everybody had their own thing, and they were not trying to be who they weren't. They were true to who they are and I think that's why we felt the music so
0: much yeah no true mm-hmm. I mean even with the guy groups I mean Blackstreet was different mm-hmm. from Jodeci yes Jodeci were different from boys to men
1: yes you know
0: even when even Joe Drew Hill you could say were like a Jodeci but they still, <laughs>
1: still they, was, they still, still had a yes. different
0: different vibe and stuff yes. and and I think the producers we're really in their element, creating really good, m- memorable songs and things.
1: Yes, yes.
0: But you didn't have any fallouts with any any of the oh, WVS no. or Janae. No. <laughs> it wasn't
1: that kind of. It wasn't that kind of party. Never, never did we have a fallout with anyway, I You know, I don't have that kind of news because we never had anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> no. But,
0: so, so you have '94, your first album, then mm-hmm. you go '97, so the good three years, and then 2000 um it's when you come with visit me um the other woman was that another r kelly track no
1: that was joe joe oh. the music. yes that was joe okay because he yeah started... i love that
0: song that was yeah. Joe. yes wow so joe how did wrote... how did that come about where because you know joe i mean joe is probably very quiet He's... but really one of our you know yes really consistent I had always, yes you know,
1: yes yeah that was joe that was um yeah because we love joe you know or like he's incredible in terms of his writing and produces, so we were like we need joe on the next album and that's how that happened
0: <laughs> wow yeah at, at that time there wasn't because if you had the formula with our kelly in the first two mm-hmm. albums there wasn't a sense of oh we need to probably get another kelly track. or was he just too big and busy It's like oh we have to forget and change yeah. it out so
1: no, but he was he was on the album, um, but it wasn't. Uh, no, yeah, we were just yeah. By that time, you probably wanted to kind of switch it up a little, um, you know. But it was still was still great. It was yeah. yeah. That was Joe. People don't know that, and that's what's yeah.
0: No. <laughs> as I said, I mean, Joe did a lot of stuff for Profile. Could I interview yep. L J from Profile? Mm-hmm. And he was, mm-hmm. and, but as I said, he his albums were consistently fire On point. Uh, uh, yeah every album mm-hmm. we had but mm-hmm. i didn't realize we'd i would i'm sure people would look and see joe thomas but i don't think we would yes. have really thought we would have thought our kelly actually did it yes uh, yes
1: but, wow i was joe thomas exactly yep
0: <laughs> and you still continued writing the majority of the songs but you're still then
1: still then yep so that's so the final album yeah
0: so then uh, here we here we have you know 2000 you know you do your third album Mm -hmm. music industry changes quite dramatically yes i mean you know because hip-hop is becoming a lot more prominent Mm -hmm. so the radio is playing a lot more More Mm hip-hop
1: hip-hop and they're taking and the music industry is now the chart is instead of having a hip hop chart, it's hip hop R and B. Yeah, yeah, and then finally, it's adult contemporary. So now R and B doesn't have its own chart anymore. It's hip hop R and B. So you see it gradually changing. You know, yeah. first you had hip hop. Now it's intertwined with hip hop, so that's take you know making it smaller. Then it's okay. Let's just take them all the way off and put them over here. Yeah, on adult contemporary. Um, which that stung because. You know now you're saying now you're not only um, moving r and artists. You know, well, they, we deserve our own chart. Let's let's just keep it that way. Yeah. But it, we never deserved a chart to be combined with hip hop. Hip hop deserves its own chart, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. So no, my no. thing is, everybody deserves their own chart, but then to take the RB chart and instead of um, just giving it back to r b you say adult contemporary so now what does that do
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I always used to think of adult contemporary was um you know Dionne Warwick and and uh, Patti LaBelle like you know really you know the, the legends but that that stuff that you know you, you don't necessarily you know you don't go out and buy because you know 18 year old college kid won't just he's they don't think right. they're an adult and stuff so right yeah and you don't really look so- at that chart yeah there you
1: go so now you put now you're in a corner now as an R&B artist you're put in a corner because your chart is adult contemporary and you're nothing if you don't jump on a hip-hop track with somebody and do a hook (laughs)
0: yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs)
1: see that was that phase that was that phase after 2003 it was as an R&B artist you had to jump on something and do a hook
0: yeah because now
1: hip hip hip-hop is taking over
0: yeah so no real, and the real, labels were, were 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 merging and 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 there yep. was there was no uniqueness there was like just you know you had it was Sony BMG was it a universal and there was Warner and it was like okay we're going to we'll we're, we're merging everyone else up and and just removing that identity and and stuff did did you get support on that third album or what what was it like with the That's label That's
1: that was the third album was um out you know our uh divorce i would say from the from the label um it was you know i think it was at that point too where um it was singles that we didn't want to be put out and uh, you know i don't i don't really want like to get into that but it was more like you know or the timing for what we wanted to be put out was it so it was like you had a meeting about this but then you go off and do that you know what i mean that kind of thing Um, and i don't like to to bring out the negative, because I think anything negative, all is a learning lesson, you know, yeah. and it and it te- and it taught you so much that you know it can be turned to a positive for you in the future. And yeah, um, yeah that's when we just started. It was a disconnect, I should say. Um, and yeah, that's when we we uh, we left um, Atlantic Records. But at that time, I would say this: we were signed. Directly to Atlantic Records, so now it's changing faces, Atlantic Records. So, you no
0: longer with Spoil Rotten. Mm-hmm. What made what difference did that make? I um because I think Intro said the same thing. They mm-hmm. they they left it, um up. Um, mm-hmm. They had to. They went direct to Atlantic as well. Um, but what difference did that make?
1: Now you're now you're just the number. You know, okay, you come out first quarter, your second quarter, your third quarter. You know, you're assigned. Um, you're assigned your ANR rep. You know, okay. and he, they oversee your project. And um, which we had a great ANR. We had Rich Christina. I wouldn't trade him in for the world. But you know, <laughs> it's still the bureaucracy. Like it's still Atlantic Records. So no matter, you know, it's like okay, you're due out in May. You're here. You're it's. And it's just not that same connect, that intimacy, like that, you know. Because now this, now Atlantic is huge by now, you know. You have yeah. God rest the dead. You had Aaliyah. You had Randy, You had so you have all. You know, you have Timberland and, and everybody. Over, so it's like a lot going on. Yeah. So you yeah. become like a little fish in this in a sea. You and know? They, and
0: and they're competing against themselves, and they're not going to do that. And I think is it are they not under Warner Brothers? Were they was that their parent company? Yeah, Warner Brothers. So all yes. So mm-hmm. Warner is still saying yes. that we don't want to compete against. Them. And that's what yes. happened when they brought all the labels together. It just meant that they just they just didn't have the opportunity to fight for one another. When when everyone's separate, everyone was trying to fight for their own. But when they came under one roof, it, it
1: you that's it right there. When yep, you're all merged in together, and it's no clarity and it's no And you feel like, like you said, you feel like you're fighting amongst People, we're all a label. I never understood why labels. If you have, I think it was The Face that did that, that put everybody together because The Face was banging. They had everybody at that time. They had yeah. like, Tony Braxton, TLC. You know, and Usher, if yeah. you, if you, Elsha, you can put them all on a tour together. Like everybody could help each other. You know, yeah. instead of fighting against each other or you know, give this person more money than this person. You know, if you invested the time and energy in and all your acts and put them out there together it, uh, to me you know one even if one is you know selling more than the other then the other is getting noticed you know like they're they're, they're acquiring um they're acquiring the attention of an audience yeah. that maybe didn't know about them so to me one could help the other you know yeah. and I just never understood that um because that's how it should be yeah, You should do, if you're gonna do a promo tour, do a promo tour to help all the acts Yeah, on, so you, on your label.
0: So you guys in Intro mm-hmm. or Brandy uh, mm-hmm. didn't do a collaboration in anything? No. Yeah.
1: You see what um, I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, <I> mean, we, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what some of the independent labels were doing mm-hmm. back then, like Bad, Bad Boy or so, you know, No Limit, they were, they were the face. Yeah, they would say, look, we, we've got a brand. We Let's want see. you to know about our artists and stuff. And I like think- we would
1: never know about Tony Braxton had she not been on babyface.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would never
1: know about Snoop Dogg had he not been on Dr. Dre, right? Yeah. So it was the introduction. And it's that that gets you. It's like, oh my God, who is this? Like when I heard Tony Braggs, I was like, who is she, (laughs) right? right. Or when you saw Snoop Doggy Dogg, you know, you were like, what? Yeah. He is, so it's who you're being introduced by. So that's what I'm trying to say. I may have been listening to Dr. Dre, but had it not been for him shining the light on Snoop Dogg, I probably, you know, yeah. you wouldn't know. And yeah, that's
0: the thing. Yeah. You use what you have. Yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was less to work. But, now, but you guys came, I mean, it's no, it's not an easy thing to come up with three albums, being an R&B group, um, mm-hmm. because the way the industry changed. So that was an accomplishment of, it, of itself. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I, mm-hmm. when I interviewed Cut Close, they did the first album. They're working on the second. And they got dropped. They got shelved mm-hmm. i mean so politics mm-hmm. and stuff so to come out with three really in a really big tracks and, and get noticed after the third album and another politics and everything you, you sort of were you guys then touring and oh you know did you start thinking yeah. well we're going to go our independent route as changing faces or the industry has changed so there's space for us yeah. what was what was it like? For you?
1: We, we felt it. We, we felt the industry kind of changing. Um, and I think that uh, and we felt that the support wasn't there um, like it had been for the past two albums. Um, so it was not as vibrant of a time, I should say, as um, our past two albums because it was just like you said, the industry was changing. The support wasn't there. Um, and it takes, you know what it does? It just takes the wind out of you. And that's when the business takes control. And that's when the business is like, mm, this is not fun. You know, I don't do, we, you know, we might want to just take a break, you know, cause you don't feel, um, you're being appreciated. Yeah. For you know, you feel, you don't feel like you're being appreciated. And that's, that. at that point, that's when it was like, oh, you know, I think I may have mentioned, maybe we need to take a break or, and that's when we severed ties with Atlantic Records.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the one thing is that when you guys are um, a part of a group, do you guys live in, where, where were you living, where were you living, New York, back still living in New York?
1: Um, we're, New Jersey and Sharice uh, was upstate New York.
0: Mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. I always wonder about groups do you have to stay mm-hmm. near each other because because you have to go to uh, could, could you go live in no, Los Angeles yeah, that we often, live, yes, in Canada? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then you can meet and yeah you can there are groups that live all over the place and then you meet at the destination I mean the promoter has to get you there from wherever you are okay. so yeah you can live wherever but we still lived in um you know right neighboring um states I was okay. New Jersey she was New York
0: yeah so when you guys started you're you're in in college young and 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 excited and stuff i've heard stories about not about you guys but just how the business and and actually the work can can change things i've seen the five heartbeats, i've seen the temptations Mm -hmm. and and it's it it must be challenging especially as a group you know through ups and downs and stuff how does how do you how did you guys maintain a good friendship Throughout the ups and downs of the of 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 releasing three albums,
1: it it goes through the ups and downs. (laughs) It's hard to to you know to maintain. It goes through the ups and downs because the business gets in the way, and it's just on all avenues. And even from when you're in a group, if you know you spoke to group members, you. You know, you can feel like you're getting taken advantage of from the uh, the label, and then you can also feel like other group members are not doing their part or whatever. So it's a lot. You know, it it's a lot. So it's it goes up, it goes up and down. <laughs> it's but like there,
0: mm-hmm. what is there anything that like, you go? Do you guys? And I always wonder if you guys would write like when we start off, like you know, we'll always promise. Mm-hmm to tell each other the truth and be supportive. So then you bring out that little list and say, remember what we wrote? If we well, I wish, five years." <laughs>
1: I wish we would have done that, but no, we never did that. That's that's a good thing to do. And I probably will tell any group I know, you know, write down that so that you'll have a, something to go back to. And that you can be um, responsible for, you know, what you promised in this way, you know? Yeah, no, we had nothing like that.
0: Wow. So, but you, so you guys sort of after the third album, you sort of, sort of, we don't hear anything from from you mm-hmm. guys for, for a while. Then there's rumors about, oh, they're gonna you're bringing out a new single and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then we jump off to you bringing out mm-hmm. your own solo sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, big question everyone has been writes in and says, mm-hmm. oh, why did you guys break up and are you guys coming back together? I mean, because, because it's like yourself, total. Mm-hmm um mm-hmm. because you were so much of a part of uh, our, our memories for a lot of us who are of mm-hmm. a certain age we do miss that and then but we when we don't see it together we always wonder
1: mm-hmm. well you sometimes you come to a fork in the road and especially even with and when and let's let's take it back when you're younger you know a lot you agree on a lot of stuff and as you get older and you find yourself, everybody has their own opinions and their own way of looking at things. So that's when that fork in the road comes. Um, when you, if you think back to even your friends, when you were in elementary or whatever, you might be able to count on one hand, how many high school friends you have.
0: Yeah. Um, it's
1: the same thing. You just end up in a working relationship with your high school friend. You're still yeah. growing, right? You're still growing. Yeah. You're still you know, it's like uh, with the relationship with your high school girlfriend. I mean, you can count on probably one hand how many people you know yeah. <laughs> that are still. So it's, it's just life. It's you know, it's the growing pains of life. And I feel, I feel like they do too. Oh man, that was a nostalgic time. And
0: yeah, it was yeah.
1: the '90s. And blah, blah, blah. but everybody has to do what's good for them. Um, at that, you know, at whatever stage in their life they're at. And right now. Um, you know, we're just, I'm just doing me and she's doing her and um, it's, it's all good. Yeah.
0: So in, in 2013, mm-hmm. you, you come up with um, CRC Music. Music, uh-huh. Um, what was the idea between coming up with your own label and, and stuff?
1: Well, well, in between that time, I had been, um, you know, I stepped away from the industry and I'm like always into learning new things or whatever I I actually loved real estate and I started <laughs> I took I took my real estate class I got my license I started yeah I started doing real estate or whatever and um at, well, as well as writing for other artists so I would I would um I was writing I think I did something for Jody Watley for Lisa Left Lopez I started writing with Donna so I was starting to just just, I just wanted to do different things, you know, Mm -hmm. like get outside of the changing faces thing and let your mind run free. Um, And that's when I started writing. I had um, some artists that I were working that I was working with, and that's when I developed CRC music. So that's you know I had to do a company to kind of back up what I was doing. And then as I was writing for others, I caught the bug again. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Did you feel yeah.
0: as if you, you wanted to step away and just mm-hmm. just go behind? Absolutely. The
1: Absolutely. That's how I felt. Um, because that's what the business part does to you, you know. Yeah. But I always said, even even um, in c- high school, since I went to a performing arts junior high and I went to a performing arts high school. When I yeah. went to college, I just went to the City CUNY University Hunter College. Um, I went to college um, and I got a degree in sociology. I said, while in college, I will not take a single music course. Um, and I didn't, I took not one, any, not an iota of anything musical, um, just to see if my soul will still pull me towards it. That's okay. what's going to let me know if that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And after college is right at the end of college is when changing faces develop, but it's the same thing I did to myself after changing faces, um, split it up. I said, let me just step away. Cause if it pulls me back, Yeah. then you know you sometimes you have to sign you have to silence yourself you have to get out of your own head and you have to just you know let it come to you
0: yeah that's what I did but you you were developing your own artist but um Mm -hmm. you then decided to release your own self Mm -hmm. first yes
1: no 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 well Again, when you're dealing with artists, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Again, you know, it's, it's, you it's me, a hard yeah. job. Right. So it allowed me to, to see things from the, the Atlantic Records perspective, too. All that you put in. So you're on both sides, you know. Yeah. And, um, and, and some, some of the artists, they were younger. So I'm like, you need to work that out to make sure this is really what you want to do because yeah. we don't you know time flies by in this business and before yeah. you know it somebody else is right is out and and doing what you said you wanted to do and it's and it's over so yeah while doing that and working through the kinks of that i decided to do me and
0: mm-hmm. and how did you think it i mean i think the, the landscape of music changed quite considerably with streaming services meaning that mm-hmm. you could you know, you didn't have to go to all the mom and pop shops to start promoting your singles and stuff.
1: Oh gosh, yeah. Did
0: Did, <laughs> did you start to see it as as a good change and an easier way of getting your music out mm. there, or did it still seem harder?
1: I personally, when I'm asked asked ask this question, um, what's good about it is the good about it is you don't need a record label, you don't need a whole bunch of money. You know, you just need to do good music, and you could, from the uh, touch of your computer, upload, and it's there. Um, What's bad about it, or I should say not so good, is is it's 500,000 other people doing the same thing, (laughs) right? So, with that being said, it's like trying to find a diamond in the rough. Um, It's, and, and now, it's just not America. It's, international it's all over it's uh so it's a different animal from where I come from um the 90s were nothing like this it's um it's so it's I'm trying to you know go through this whole new wave um but you know, you got to be in it to, you know, to be you have to be a part of it to learn it, too, because it's a whole it's, it's, it's more of a, a marketing world than it is a yeah, music world. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, so yeah. now you have to learn that aspect. How do you market yourself and, you know, what's going to set you aside? Because you do it's, There's so much good stuff out there. Yeah. I wouldn't know, like, I would have to sit and sift through Spotify, you know, for something to come up on my playlist or Apple Music, you know, you have no idea what's out there. It's, yeah. it's just so much, so much content.
0: Yeah, you know, it is hard. But then, well, just, well, 2019, mm-hmm. you had you, you came out with, with a full album. Yes. Uh huh. What was, were you looking to say, okay, I've come out with an album, I'm going to go on tour to promote it or, you yeah.
1: know? Well, I put my single out first name on it, uh, which actually was top, I think it went to 15 or 10 on the the R&B charts, the adult contemporary charts. So I was like, yes, Um, I put that out. And then after that, I just dropped the album. This is just let it go, go with God. Um, And then uh, 2020 happened, that was April, (laughs) Uh... 2019. Um, I just wanted because I'm by myself and this is a whole new thing for me but I'm you know I just wanted to live with the music before I did visuals or anything like that to it you know I wanted to live with I wanted to get the feedback which was awesome I'm so thankful for you know all the fans and people um, who've reached out to me and and that's the only way you're gonna you just have to release you just gotta let it go um and then 2020 hit and it was just like what the hell happened <laughs> yeah, yeah um i didn't feel any need to do music like so many people were suffering um so much was going on that you know uh i didn't even have, have it in any to write anything you know it was just like oh, was this a sad time yeah um and I felt like we were all in it together so we we're just riding the waves to to get to shore and finally i hope we're close to shore now yeah. um, you know with so many friends family members loss and you know um i'm thinking this year um i'm hoping maybe in the next month or two because i have stuff that i've already done and worked on ready to go um but it has to be when i feel it i'm real real big on that um and i'll and i'll um put out long way home part two and keep yeah keep going
0: so Mm -hmm. it's the idea then to um you say you haven't done visuals like you haven't done a video but okay but and so i'll
1: add on to long way home it's part one and then i can start just doing visuals for all of the songs that i initially wanted to do visuals for but you know god has different plans yeah
0: and and do you do you are you in a state a position where you you wouldn't mind being back on the road and touring or do you think have you you know you've I done would, it all, of, all of, you know from a long yeah. time ago to, I, know, I, I, yeah.
1: I wouldn't i don't think i don't you know not to the not to that extent you know now <laughs> yeah. you're more yeah you're more in control of you know your tour schedule so absolutely that would be you know and you can do it in spurts you know it's not something that you need to be out there sweating and you know and yeah. <laughs> six months away from your family and friends yeah so yeah no you yeah absolutely I would love to I would love to tour mm-hmm.
0: I, I know that there's loads of this uh, uh, 90s revival tour would you mm-hmm. go on it and mm-hmm. sing both your new stuff and mm-hmm. old changing faces stuff yeah
1: I have I've done it yeah I've done that in 20, but before everything shut down in 2019, that was my, that's my show. And I already have a show booked coming up in May with the same thing. I think it's me, Rome. Is it Rome? And, uh, oh gosh, I forget who the next person is. It's a 90s show. So it's going to be coming up in uh, Kansas.
0: Okay. Did they introduce you Cassandra Lucas Sandra, from King. Change
1: Change of Faces, yeah. Okay. Cassandra, change of uh huh, yeah. And then you have
0: backup <laughs> singers to help with the edits, with the edits Absolutely,
1: yes, we do it,
0: yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. but ideally, we 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 are going to start to see more so from yourself, your own your own new material yes. as well. Yes. No, it will be. I mean, it's 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 it's, really, it's been fascinating to to hear your story. Um, I definitely do hope that once you're. your new album is about to drop out or if you have any visuals that we we, at least we can use we as we're putting out the interviews we can send it let the the fans connect the dots and say okay this is what Cassandra's up to now and stuff Um, but before I end my interviews I always ask all my guests that if you were Mm -hmm. stuck in an elevator and uh, they said it'll be about two or three hours but we can put a movie on for you to watch what would you request to watch?
1: Mmm well because i'm like it could be you know what it's crazy i would probably Either put "Coming to America" or "Mrs. Doubtfire." I'm the laugh person. Like I love "Mrs. Doubtfire," and I love "Coming to America." So it would be one of the two. One
0: of the two. Okay.
1: Yes, because okay. I'm in an elevator. I have to yes. laugh. You, you know, laugh. What? I have to. I can't.
0: <laughs> but what about if they're about to put up the movie and they said, "Okay, we we will pull a song for you before the movie starts." What song do you request?
1: Mm, good question. Wow. That's a hard one. Oh, shocks! What song? I have so many songs. It's hard to pick one. So, a song before the movie starts. You got me here. Let me see. Uh, Because I'm like, am I gonna dance? You know what I mean? Do I want to dance or do I want to sing?
0: Do you ever have that your one song that like okay. you know, what happens? This is my song. Maybe would...
1: one maybe just maybe Michael Jackson. Maybe maybe wanna you want to be starting something.
0: Okay. Okay. My my favorite all-time song is mm-hmm. Lady in Your Life. Mate, Lady in My Life. Oh, see, but that's
1: singing. So I'm saying, do I want to dance or do I want to oh. sing? So with Lady in My Life, I have to sit on the elevator floor and just go
0: to town. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, when I asked Donnell, he's he he, uh-huh. he was the he said late in my life as well and I said I said well that's my old time film and I said would you ever consider how come in the 90s everyone did a Stevie Wonder remake but Mm -hmm. no one did a Michael and he says he actually did him he actually did Loving You based on he listened to it and wrote his own version of it it sounded very much like it and um and so uh, yeah which which was amazing but yeah and here
1: I am with a Michael song too right yeah you know I think
0: he, he mm-hmm. was supposed to come mm-hmm. to London to do his This Is It tour. Mm-hmm. I bought tickets with my, my wife, my brother, and we're like, this, mm-hmm. we, we couldn't wait. Unfortunately, he passed two months before it, the show. Mm. So I've never seen him live. And, um, and you know, the more you, you reflect back and realize how, you know, I think people forget, you know, if you're selling 100 million, 50 million, you know, when people go platinum and diamond everyone's jumping her up he was yes. if he didn't sell 50 million there was a problem man but yeah, was he was a he had, problem he was just you know we talk about r kelly and baby face and yeah, all this he stuff. Was, but he was <laughs> he you
1: know. was he was just the stars the moon the sun
0: <laughs> yeah he yeah. was it
1: he was yeah. it And I was blessed to get to see him twice, so perform, but I'm sad that he, you didn't get to see him perform. And even in his latter years, it's still unreal. Like what he could do, like to a stage, you know what I'm saying? It's just, wow. So yeah, well, we're blessed to have had him in our lifetime and, and, and and still have the music to go back to. So that's what we have to take and put it on and that that would be just something anything michael jackson yeah data. <laughs> who, who are
0: you listening to now a
1: wow um i'm listening to jasmine sullivan love her um uh i just heard this new bruno mars and oh yeah anderson with, with anderson, anderson yeah. pack Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's hot i like i like daniel caesar i love her um i um Robin Vick just came out with something new yeah, I was listening yeah. to him um I listened to so many people for, and then my my gospel I listen to everybody but yes um right now that's what I'm just thinking about yesterday what I was listening to in the car I probably gave you the rundown oh <laughs> Frank Ocean Frank Ocean was on our playlist um so it's Frank Ocean who's the best yeah that was yesterday. I may, I
0: may be missing somebody, but yeah. Would you would you collaborate with any? Because I know you did oh. you sang back with Donnell, but you know, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of, I think what what is hard to get yourself out there now as an independent mm-hmm. is is you just getting your name. But a lot of collaborative sort of things tend to help. Like if you did a yes. Did a duet with um, Horace Brown or, or yes. stuff, you know something? It's just like yeah. oh okay wow mm-hmm. this is, it, yeah. Do, do you ever consider I mean, You know looking yeah at-
1: yeah. But I think it was it would have to be something that happens organically. I don't you know you don't want to force it because again people could tell that you just jumped on something just because. So absolutely I'm all for collaborations and uh, if something comes about I have no issues with that. But it just has to be organic. Like we both have to feel that this is something that we want to do
0: yeah okay. well i do have to thank you you've, you've given us a lot of time and, um, and I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna
1: say i said how long how long are your normal interviews are they this long <laughs> yeah yeah
0: because, because you know what i i it, it's about your story so as nice. i said we started from your beginning and and listened to your journey and it wasn't if i just came up and says okay changing faces because that's yes that's, we've, that well that's not you that right. was a part of you but you know we've heard your, your, your story your journey we heard about the industry because we're, we're looking in and, and we're, where you are now so that's generally the whole thing but as yes. i said on average it is about 90 minutes <laughs> we oh both wow it, because well, I'm getting been... ready
1: to, well i'm getting ready to um start a podcast myself
0: so okay.
1: but i i What, what I do want to do is like you, you just feel it out, you know, um, no set time so that people don't feel like, and if something's going great, you just keep, you just go with it. So that's a, I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and and
0: that's why I don't go live because a lot of everyone was going to Instagram live and and what yes. happens is people are commenting and you're not focused and and mm-hmm. and and I, but I wanted to get I'm a, when I'm not doing this I'm a therapist uh, in children's, oh, mental wow. <laughs> so. and children's mental
1: health. Oh, great! children's mental health
0: yeah here in the UK oh that's
1: amazing yeah, yeah, yeah good for it,
0: you it, it's and so, but all this stuff is about listening to a story and and so it's very intriguing to hear the story and and to you know and, and not to miss out stuff because you might think oh that was insignificant but wow that's that's, that's well that's
1: why that's why you're good because you're a therapist so you're used to listening so that's yeah. good and you're <laughs> and, and allowing people to speak their truth that's great
0: but you've got an you know, it's, it's really been great to hear. I mean, you went to the school, fame, goodness, <laughs> I wish I was a kid, Leroy, Debbie Allen, goodness, every, yeah. and you went to the school, and, yeah. you know, I mean, you said yes. Jennifer Anderson and stuff, I yes. mean, that's, that's, yes. mm-hmm. that in itself is, 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 is amazing, and, and the fact, as I said, is not everyone who sings went to your school made it out you know Mm, so what made it different for you guys because and 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 you know chance happened but you got to write you so it's been great to hear your story and I guess yes whenever you're doing anything it's just being curious about the other person Um, and 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 um, and and what Mm. my guests keep my audience tell me is that they enjoy the fact that I, I let the guests speak And I'm not trying to jump in and stuff.
1: Yes, you're great. You, it it was perfect. And that would that makes sense because it was because sometimes when you're interviewing, you can already see the interviewer thinking about that next question instead of tapping into what you're saying. So you got it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Thank you. Thanks for watching. Please remember to subscribe to the channel, but most importantly, to press the notification bell so that you can be notified when we do have a new interview loads to come but thanks a lot for watching.